Hello and welcome to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, coming to you from the Ken's Hardwood Barbecue Studios here in Tucson, Arizona. Get Your Barbecue On is a show for backyard cooks looking for tips and insight into barbecuing, grilling, and outdoor entertainment. It is our wish to help you develop your own style. Each week, we will share barbecuing and grilling tips, techniques, recipes, and a few pitmaster secrets you just have to know. We will feature fun, interesting, and informative guests, and we'll also answer questions posted on our website from the week before. And that's kenshardwoodbbq.com and just click radio show. You can find the full episode of Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander on our website at kenshardwoodbbq.com and click radio show. Or you can search anchor.com, Spotify, Google Podcast, and now Apple Podcast. Welcome to today's show. I am here in the studio with Sean Radford. General Manager and Pitmaster from Ken's Hardwood Barbecue. And today we have our co-host DJ, Mad Skills James, is joining us by phone. So I, I'm really happy to have them here today on the show. So today's show, we're going to be talking about rubs and how to come up with your own rub. So welcome to the show, Sean. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. And DJ. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, yeah. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I'm a native from Tucson. You know, I'm the I'm the baby of uh of the seven. I got six siblings. So I'm the baby. It's five girls, uh, uh, one boy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, we got beat up by them girls a lot growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Raised by a single mom. Uh, she's from Texas, East Texas. Okay. Uh, so I grew up here, uh, went to Choya High School here, graduated, uh, joined the Marine Corps. Semper Fi, baby. Then after that, came back, came back to Tucson, uh, got a little job with the state, retired. And then I got recruited by you to come, uh, you know, <laughs> come be one of the pit masters up in there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah Sean. So you kind of retired a couple of times, and now you're working at, you know, you're the general manager, and you know, at Cans. How's that working out for you? You know, <laughs> it's a learning process. You yeah. know, I ain't, I'm not used to I since I haven't worked in a restaurant since I was a kid. So coming in there and trying to figure out what's going on and how to do things, how to order things and trying to keep everything going. It's been a little process, but this is, I think in January, it'll be three years that I've been there. It's working out. It's getting a little better. I'm kind of figuring out what's going on and stuff. So I'm still there. Well, you're doing a great job and uh, appreciate it. Yeah. I'm doing a great job, man. You got, you said five sisters, five sisters, and one yeah. brother. Yeah, and your me mom. And a, yeah, me and me and my brother were the last two. So mm -hmm. there's I got a there's like my oldest sister. I don't even think I ever lived with her. You know, because oh, okay. by time, you know, I came around, she was already in college. So, wow. So wow. yeah, it's a wide range of us uh, running around Tucson here. <laughs> 
So, I mean, with all those sisters, uh, when did you start cooking? So really, it was my uncle, my mom's uh, brother. He was the one that kind of uh, grilled for the whole family. So oh, any wow. any holidays or anything like that, um, he was the one that kind of got us all, all us males, all us boys together and started cooking with us. So they're from East Texas. Okay. So I was raised on like East Texas barbecue, which is, you know, a lot of sausages. They cooked with oak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a mesquite was, was kind of easy access around here. So in Tucson, we use mesquite. Whenever we could get some oak, we would use oak. And that's where that was the main wood that I knew about. You know, I, I mean, I heard about pecan and hickory, a little bit of hickory, but the main thing was oak. And he would make runs to Texas, you know, like on vacation, not just for wood, but when he came back, he always brought back some oak. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, so what wow. what what kind of meats was he cooking? So we would cook. We were like brisket a lot of sausages he would bring like a lot of different uh type of sausages back from texas beef sausages pork sausages we would cook beef ribs was a big thing also Mm -hmm. brisket pulled pork just every once in a while but it was mainly like chicken and types of sausages and you know it was and the way they did stuff was everything was well on white bread so that east texas (laughs) thing is white bread potato salad, coleslaw, put your meat on there. Not a lot of sauce. Most of the sauce was, if you had sauce, it was sauce that we doctored up. Yeah. Got some sauce from the from the local store. Someone doctored it up, made it taste a little better, and that was it. So a lot of our our uh, functions, we didn't even put barbecue sauce on the on the meat. It was just, I don't know if that's a Texas thing or what, but. We had a little bit of barbecue sauce, but most of that stuff, you threw it on some white bread, got you a couple sides, and you was good to go. All right. Sounds like great Texas barbecue. Yeah, I, I guess so. You know, that's how they, I guess that's how they did it back there. So that's all I knew until I, like, got in the Marine Corps and then started traveling. And then, you know, I was stationed in North Carolina for three years right before until Desert Storm happened. Desert Storm happened. I came back. I ended up going overseas, but barbecue in North Carolina was totally different than what I was used to. You know, the sauce was different. Even I like the, I don't know about the cooking style, but the wood that they used was a little different. They didn't use oak like, like we did. Mesquite was like, no, we don't use mesquite. We don't, we don't do that here. So it was a little different on the, the woods that they would use. But the barbecue was was good. And there was barbecue joints all over the place. Yeah, that Carolina style. I mean, it is totally different in the way they what they do with their pork and their sauces. And of course, you know that we do uh the Western Carolina style right. at the restaurant, uh North Carolina style with the pork and the sauce that we use. But, but and you know, one thing is like rub wise, like Texas rub ain't nothing but some salt, some pepper, a little bit of garlic throw it on there and that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. so the rub, it was, I guess it, we didn't even call it rub. We was just seasoning the meat. It wasn't even considered yeah. no rub. That's how we did everything. Mm-hmm. It was no, you know, wasn't a whole lot of paprika or anything like that. 
salt, handful of salt, handful of pepper, maybe a little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of onion powder, throw that stuff on the grill and let it go. So Yeah, I think that must be the East Texas. Yeah, East it must Texas be style. East Texas, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, El Paso and all that, West Texas is totally, it's not totally different, but the more West you come, the little it's a little bit more different. So that East Texas stuff, salt and pepper, a little bit of garlic, onion powder, you're good to go. Yeah. All right, all right. So what you're saying is you Texas folks is basic. Is that what you're saying? No, no. See, <laughs> see let me tell you, barbecue derived from Texas. So everything that you know how to do, you got it from Texas people. That's all I'm saying. So I can't really introduce that Texas stuff into the restaurant, but, you know, some sometimes I try to sneak it in there a little bit when Ken is gone. <laughs> well you know at the at the restaurant we're making our own rubs we make all our own sauces and uh every now and then we open up the test kitchen then, uh, right. for new things so i'm sure uh we could include some east texas style something in there especially sausages or something like that so, right yeah yeah you know we don't we try not to oppress the pit masters. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, okay, so that's how you got started. So, yeah, man. that's this how I got your started. uncle, right? Yeah, my uncle. Uh, and really, and we would just do like little family gatherings, you know, holidays and stuff like that. The big thing was like we used to smoke turkeys every Thanksgiving and uh, every Christmas. So, we would all get together at either my mom's house or my aunt's house, be up all night, have four, five, six turkeys, depending on, you know, who ordered some in the family. And we'd sit up all night and smoke turkeys on an old barrel smoker, you know, guy get up, feed us some wood every, you know, every few hours or whatever. And we did it like the day before Thanksgiving, we'd be up all night smoking turkeys. Oh and, wow! You know, Sounds take a little cool. nap. That sit up all night drinking hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Like that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> soda water. <laughs> drinking some soda water and hot chocolate. <laughs> uh, smoking turkeys is big in your family. Is when we start smoking them at the restaurant. I know that's what you said. I mean, you you guys had your own style, own rub, and everything. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it was a big family tradition right. for you guys to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, as my uncles and them, you know, they've passed away since, but as they got older, it was kind of dependent on us, us yeah, boys, the to next generation to huh? do it. So yeah, there would be a lot of times that it would be like three or four of us supposedly smoking turkeys and by two o'clock in the morning, I'm the only one out there. Everybody else done <laughs> fell asleep or then went out and party to did something, and I'm stuck there, you know, trying to keep the fire going and everything. So yeah, it's, it was it was a good time. Yeah, what kind of smoker were you guys using when you? It was smoking just an old barrel barrel smoke, fifty five gallon drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah fifty five okay. gallon drum. Yep. Yeah. And we had a couple of them, um, and then my brother kind of makeshift. A, he made it. It wasn't a fifty five gallon drum, but it was one a vertical one where you could only do like maybe one or two on there. But before we had, you know, the big 55 gallon ones and everything. 
So do you brine your turkeys first? No. So we never no we never brine our turkeys. We just kind of season okay. them, you know, salt, pepper, garlic, um, some pepper flakes. Where the main thing we did was we would put um so the skin made sure the skin was crispy, we'd put butter on mm-hmm. the outside of it. And then okay. I just started recently um spatch hooking those turkeys so they would cook even. So I'd cut that little backbone out and break the breastbone so it'd sit a little flatter. That way uh-huh. um it would cook a little more evenly and it wouldn't take as long. But, you know, when we used to cook it for the family, that's all we did. We did, like, you know, the basic Texas rub seasoning on it. You know, we would just add, you know, some butter to the outside, some pepper flakes, poultry seasoning, stuff like that. Just a little extra stuff we would use for specifically for turkeys and throw them Mm -hmm. on the grill, uh, throw them on a smoker and cook them all night. Okay, okay. Throw down some tips for the cooking a turkey and smoking a turkey because I've only done it like once or twice. I'm always looking to improve my game. So really, the basic thing with the way we did turkeys was it was pretty, you know, besides making sure that the turkey is thawed and you got everything out of the cavity of the turkey and everything. You <laughs> That's know, important. That's important. Don't be cooking no bag of giblets, uh, giblets, <laughs> uh, liver, and all right. that stuff in there. Yeah. Other than that. Like prepping the turkey, you know, making sure it's dry when we seasoned it, you know, patting it down, drying it off, salt, pepper, maybe some garlic, little poultry seasoning, um, some pepper flakes. When did you put the butter on? We put the butter on first. Right. And then so the so the seasoning could stick to the uh okay to the actual to the turkey. So yeah, we put the butter on, then all the seasonings, and then like I said, I started spatch hooking them, which I think worked out better. It didn't like sit. People say they don't like it because when you put it on the on the dinner table, it doesn't sit upright like, you know, like it did before. But mm-hmm. it cooks so much better and you're cooking, your cooking time, it's not cut in half, but it cuts a lot of time off your okay. your smoking it because that turkey is sitting flat. And it's easier to get that smoke flavor all the way through the turkey. So um, besides the spatch hooking it, we just season it up. We wouldn't stick nothing in the cavity of it. You know, I've heard people put potatoes and stuff like that inside the cavity of the turkey. We never did that. We just kind of cooked it plain, um, smoked it, and and that was it. And at the end of the day, put it on a platter, and it was ready for uh, Thanksgiving. Right, right, all right, all right. I think that's a that's a great cook, great great tips as to uh, how to prep and smoke the turkey. Absolutely, Just keep it basic, and as you get more comfortable with with the whole process, then you can absolutely add a couple things to it or whatever. But at first, mm-hmm. basic, you know. Basically, how you season your turkey for if you're going to bake it, you can season it the exact same way to smoke it. The only thing that, okay. you know, we just put the butter on there just because we like that crispy skin on the turkey. So that's the only and that's the only difference. And one thing I got to say is that if you haven't invested in a thermometer, get a thermometer because the thermometers on them turkeys 
don't always work properly. So don't cook by eyesight just because it looks golden brown doesn't mean it's done. <laughs> yeah. So make sure yeah, the yep. temperature is right. So that's that's one tip I would say is if you haven't invested in a digital thermometer, make sure you get one because it'll save you 50 million headaches on the holidays when you get ready to cut that turkey and it's <laughs> raw and you got to stick it back in the oven. So yeah. that's one tip I got for you. That's certainly a great tip. Oh, DJ ain't into the whole pellet smoker thing, but I just kind of, <laughs> no, I no, just no. purchased one. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to work it. You know, this is, this is all new to me. I ain't used to that stuff, but I thought I'd give it a shot. See how, see how it worked out. I know not too long ago, you uh, did some stuff on the pellet grills. Pretty good. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning, uh, DJ, that you can't feed that thing, them pellets, like you do wood. You know, them pellets is kind of strong. So that meat no. came out like extra smoky. So if you ever hear about you can't over smoke something, get a pellet grill and keep putting pellets in there, <laughs> thinking it's like wood, you will over smoke some meat. Yeah. All right, so you got you got the pellet grill. Yeah, I tried the pellet grill. I'm trying it out. I'm gonna get it worked out. I'm gonna get it figured out. All right, well that's cool. That's how, that's how they do in Texas. I'm breaking out the pellet grill. No, no, I got that from Yuma. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from some Yuma people. I don't know. I don't know. That must be what they do. That <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm sure you're gonna. Uh, Iron the bugs out, you know, with the pellet grill. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I got, I'm going to take your advice. I don't know if I had the right type of pellet. I didn't realize that maybe, you know, depending on the pellets, it may determine, you know, how strong the smoke is. You know, you're the one that told me that. So yeah. hopefully I can figure out what type of pellet works best in that, in that grill. Oh, that's cool. That's good. So when you're on your pellet grill, Sean, what, what do they have? What are your options for the wood choices on the pellet grill? So when I initially bought it, the, it has it had a couple of recommendations. So I got it. I bought some cherry wood, some hickory, and some mesquite bags. And I bought a mm -hmm. certain brand, not the brand that the the grill was. Turns out that I filled up the little tray. With the pellets, you know, and smoked a couple slabs of ribs. I think I did. I did some pork, and uh, it was way too strong. So initially, I thought because at first I used mesquite, I thought maybe the mesquite was too strong for that type of grill. So I ended up using some cherry pellets, and the smoke was also it was still too strong. I did it on another occasion; it was still too strong. So I started um, putting less pellets in there, not feeding it so much. It's, it wasn't, it's not a gravity-fed pellet grill. You have to manually put it in there. So I started okay. putting less pellets in there, and it's gotten a little better. So it's just a matter of me figuring out either getting the right type of pellet, maybe that those type of pellets from, from that company doesn't work real well with that grill, um, but I need to figure out exactly the amount to put in there so it doesn't get like oversmoked. Does it provide heat already on its own without the pellets? Yes, it does. It's got like a little burner. So it has a tray at the bottom of of the smoker. 
and there's a tray that you fill up from the outside. You fill it up with pellets and it burns it. And it's got like a water pan right above the burner. So it's got like a little okay. water pan and it's a vertical uh, smoker. And you just kind of stack the meat on top. It's got a little vent at the top. Got a little digital display that you can set for like how long and what temperature you want it at. And as long as you uh, give it some pellets, it pretty much you can just kind of leave it alone. Are you using baby back ribs or spare ribs? So I use I use spare ribs. I use some St. Louis cut spare ribs. And then I used okay. the first time. And then the second time I used some baby back ribs. And both times, you know, it was like really, really smoky. So I don't know if I'm just thinking that I'm putting too many pellets in that tray and that that smoke is just concentrated in there. Is smoking the heck out of that that meat that I have. How long are you cooking them for? Um, so I cooked I cooked the uh, ribs at I cooked them at about two forty for about three hours. And okay, they were pretty. I mean, for the, they were done. It was just it was just Too really over smoked. Yeah, try adding pellets for two hours. And if that's still too much, then Adam just use the pellets for the first hour. And see how that goes. And see how it goes. Yeah. 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 So in the backyard, Sean, I mean, at home when you're just, I don't know, cooking for the family or maybe you have had some, uh, some guests over, what, what's your favorite thing to, uh, to throw on the grill? I'm, I am a, I'm a chicken man. So I love, I could, you know, I could eat chicken all day. Uh-huh. So every time I have some little get together, I'm putting some chicken on the grill. I mean, it may be some, you know, some thighs or some wings or something like that, but I'm definitely going to have some chicken. And that's how, and that's really a lot of times that's what we cooked growing up was chicken. Chicken was affordable. So whenever we had large gatherings, cause I'm from, my family is so big. Chicken was one thing that we always had. It was something that, that we could, you know, buy a lot of which was affordable and and you know everybody ate it so chicken is one thing that i always i always cook either wings or thighs or whatever it is there's it's some chicken on there so what kind of flavors what how how would you season the chicken so we would just so really the chicken we wouldn't do a whole lot to it we would just kind of just salt and pepper it um every once in a while i would have like my brother would come and towards the end of the cooking process, he'd put some, a light barbecue sauce on it and leave it on the grill, you know? Um, but other than that, it was just, it wasn't anything real special. It was just, you know, just basic, basic seasonings on it. We didn't try to do anything fancy or anything like that. Just basic seasoning and then barbecue sauce. If we, you know, if we chose to do it that time, but a lot of times we would just leave it plain and, have barbecue sauce on the side for people to want to add to it if they felt like it. So what about side dishes? So side dishes was always, you know, like potato salad, coleslaw, some white bread, you know, put it on some white bread, um, maybe some buns, mm-hmm. cornbread, maybe some mac and cheese, you know, just that Texas stuff, you know, a cold mm-hmm. and maybe a hot, maybe some beans if someone cooks some like, chili beans or something like that. But other than that, it was potato salad, coleslaw, 
mac and cheese and some white bread. Uh, kept it basic. Basic. Kept it basic. That was basic. Yeah. I mean, so, so that's what I'm saying. When I got to North Carolina, it was a totally different, like, vibe the way they did barbecues out there. So it was, like, totally different than what I was used to. Um, so before, like, the Marine Corps, you know, I had been to Texas and maybe California, but that's it. You know, I hadn't experienced nothing else in the country. Once I got in the service and I got to go bounce around and see some different things, I got to see some different types of barbecue um, and then meeting people from different parts of the country. Um, of course, they had their own way of doing stuff, which was which was really interesting. Now it is time for us to check in with Dr. Andre Jones. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hey, Ken. How are you? Hey, DJ. Hey, Sean. Fantastic. What's going on? Hey, happy to be back on the show. <laughs> so tell us about, uh, so when we last checked in with you, you were going to get some accessories. You were, you were picking up the accessories for the grill, and I think they all came in. So uh, you're ready to go. I am. I am. I had a very, very busy uh, weekend. Can I tell you in story form? Please do. Please awesome. do. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So let me tell you, um, I got really excited that uh, I cooked hot dogs and they came out great. It wow. was it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, again, thank you, DJ, for telling me about the little propane tanks. I woke up on Sunday and I was like, well, what else do I want to cook? And I was talking to my mother and she said, well, what about chicken? I was like, oh yeah, I got chicken. I went through my freezer and I certainly had chicken breast. So I was like, well, why not? I already made my own barbecue sauce. Let me have some barbecue chicken. And I was looking forward to this all day long. I was letting it defrost. I was looking at it and like poking at it in the the container or in a uh, carton. I was like, are you done yet? No, okay. And then finally, I lit up my grill. I had my little apron on. <laughs> put that bad boy on there. I had my imaginary beer in my hand. Was, uh, <laughs> you know, thinking about, you know, real estate and stuff. And I was feeling like I was a million bucks. And uh, sure enough, we had barbecue chicken. It was amazing. Man, you skipped right over Hebrew National Hot Dog. <laughs> Went straight to chicken. Yeah, I did. I got hungry for chicken. <laughs> like I get what Sean's talking about. Like Man. chicken is great. <laughs> I got everything I need. It's actually pretty cool. I'm feeling like a little griller over here. So all right, man. Like I say, you did hot dogs, you did chicken. Yeah. Man, you know, we're gonna be talking about steak here pretty soon. You get I'm excited, man. I'm hoping steak for Labor Day. You know, that's what I'm thinking. If I can do it in a test kitchen, make it really good, (laughs) you know, and then surprise my mother with some steak. And she'd be like, whoa, you made this? Yes. Well, yes, I did. Last week. It was hot dogs. Yeah, it was hot dogs. Man, you've come a long way in a short period of time, Dr. Jones. I know. You know, I've been really looking at the manual and listening attentively (laughs) and taking notes and remembering what we talk about in the show and I just apply it. Now I'm ready for some rubs and put some rubs into my uh, chicken and maybe my hot dogs. You know, I, <laughs> I'm kind of like, why not? 
Why not? Yeah. Yes, indeed. My test kitchen. Yeah, it <laughs> Do what you feel, test. man. Exactly. Do what you feel. Do what you feel, yeah. Dr. Jones. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you all for all the help. I'm I'm definitely going to win my woman over with some great cooking. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, hey, you know, we talked about the rub today. Wait till we talk about the steak next week. Man, I'm looking forward to it. You, yeah, we'll have you ready for Labor Day. The Labor Day steaks, man. Yeah. Yeah, you better go on and start working on a date right now. <laughs> I think I got some weeks left. I got, think I got time. Yeah, yeah, you got plenty of time, man, to, 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 to find a date for Labor Day. And, and and you have plenty of time to get some practice in. Exactly. To make sure those steaks come out perfect. And on the next show, we're going to be talking about the perfect steak. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. All right. I'm excited. All right. Thank you, everybody. All right, Dr. Yep. Jones. Thank you very much. We look forward to checking in with you next week. Sweet. Can't wait. <laughs> hey, it's time for us to take a break. But when we return, we are going to be talking about rub. So make sure you stay tuned to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken on KVOI 1030 The Voice. See you on the other side. Octavia Social Media Strategies is a digital marketing firm that has the perfect solutions for your services. We offer website development, social media marketing, and video marketing to ensure your business a winning edge amongst competitors. We are a proud, locally Black-owned business serving the Tucson area, and we are offering a special for you, a free digital marketing assessment. All you have to do is contact us at 520-777-3540. That is 520-777-3540. Or visit us at www.octavia.social. We are an entrepreneur's first choice to be seen, be known, and be the expert. Hey, Tucson, you can still get your barbecue on at Ken's Hardwood Barbecue, 5250 East 22nd Street, offering our delicious award-winning brisket, ribs, southern fried catfish, down-home sides, and our full menu of homemade dishes for takeout, 745-4746. That's 745-4746. Or visit our website. Come on down to Ken's Hardwood Barbecue and get your barbecue on. Hey, welcome back from the break on Get Your Barbecue On with Ken, KVOI, 1030 The Voice. It's time to bring you the good news. We have our special guest on today, Sean Rappert. He is the general manager of Ken's Hardwood Barbecue and one of the resident pit masters. Sean, welcome to the show. Appreciate being here. Appreciate you having me here. Well, it's certainly a pleasure. It's been a, a long time coming to, to get one of the pit crew, uh, you, KG, and of course myself, and uh, also our uh, one of our pit crew members, DJ Mad Skills, who's in Phoenix now. But that's all the pit crew, and uh, look forward. You are the first pit crew member to join us on the radio show. Okay, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try not to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> so today's show, we're going to be talking about rubs and how to come up with your own rub. So welcome to the show, Sean. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. And DJ. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 
if you want some real barbecue cred around with your friends and or with the family, it, it wouldn't hurt to have your own style of seasoning. So that's what this show is all about today. You know, we make our own rubs. We make a few rubs at Ken's Hardwood Barbecue. Uh, you know, we, we have the one that we use for brisket and uh, ribs, which is more of a, I would say, probably Missouri, maybe West Texas kind of rub. You know, we have some other rubs that we do for chicken. And most rubs that kind of start out with, there's, there's a couple of ingredients, one for sure, and that's paprika. And then a lot of them will also have chili powder. What do you guys think about rubs? And I think for me, I like an abundance of flavor. I guess I'm from, you know, South, Southern Arizona. So I like a lot of flavor. I'm not big on the salt and pepper and just, you know, taste it. A lot of people just like, I, let, I want to taste the, the flavor of the meat. I want to enhance the flavor of the meat, but that's mm-hmm. just me. Yeah. So my rub has probably 15 to 20 ingredients, maybe. Wow. You wow. know, varying, varying different measurements of what's in there. So like the stronger ones, they're, they're minimal, mm-hmm. you know, but like, obviously the, the biggest ones is, is going to be salt, pepper, garlic powder, and onion, and onion powder. Those are the biggest ones, but everything else is minimal and smaller um, measurables to, that go into it. Wow. Okay. What about you, Sean? You know what I think? I like, um, more of a sweeter rub. So I like brown sugar, some, you know, regular sugar in my rub. So I'm more of a a little sweeter, you know, rub. And one thing I do is, or I like to do when I'm at home is I don't like a lot of rub on my meat. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's what DJ was saying, but so you can kind of taste the meat, taste the flavor of the meat. I like my rub to be like on my ribs, I like it to be kind of thin, not real thick. I like it to be a little thin. And so you can kind of taste the the rub. You could taste the rub, but you could t- also taste uh, the meat itself. I've been places where the rub is like overpowering and you don't taste nothing but rub. You know, it's so thick on there. It's all it is is rub. So yeah. that's just kind of my, my take on the whole thing. You know, my take as far as... Uh... The rub is, you know, one of the things that I'm not a big fan of saucing ribs or sauce. And I think that the meat should stand out on its own and it should be flavorful uh, without any barbecue sauce. Now, we make a lot of, you know, we make our own sauces at Ken's Harbor Barbecue, but I, or when we cook meat there, the meat can stand on its own and it it has flavor. I mean, you can still taste, you know, if it's pork or beef or whatever, you can still taste the pork or beef, but it has a, I would say, captivating flavor based on the ingredients in the rub. And uh, so, you know, in my rub, I I always think, you know, the the ingredients are going to be paprika, and chili powder. I mean, as far as barbecue, I mean, if you even look at barbecue chips, you know, you know, they, they start with they have paprika and chili powder in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of the, the barbecue flavor right there. And then from there, then you decide how much heat. I know DJ 
is a big guy, big person on heat. He loves to heat it up. And yes, uh, yes. yeah, so, uh, but then you got the chili powder, you have the paprika. Paprika is mostly the base. And then you just add all the spices. You might add some garlic, you might add some onion powder. As like Sean said, you might add some brown sugar. And it's really about what flavors you like or you know yeah. whoever's making the rub what what do you like and, and and as to what you throw in there i'm pretty sure you guys have more than one type of rub i mean just kind of like what rubs do you have so for my pork i add brown sugar to my pork rubs mm -hmm. um then for my meat my beef there's no sugar in my beef rubs or there's beef ribs or there's beef brisket mm -hmm. or anything like that no so, no sugar for beef the chicken, I probably put half of the sugar that I put in the pork rub for my chicken. Uh -huh. So the chicken has a little sweetness to it, but not a lot of sweetness to it. Beef is no sugar, no sweetness at all. Um, turkey, no sweetness. And I'm the same way with my ribs, with my brisket, with my chicken. I don't sauce it. I make my own sauce, but I put the sauce on the side. If you want to add it, here it is. But most people are like, you don't even need sauce. Right, right, right. So what... What flavors do you throw in there that just like, you know, just make people say, hmm, or, you know, that just kind of <laughs> like, yeah, what, what, what spices might you throw in, say, if you were going to do some chicken, what are you going to throw in there to like, wow, somebody? For chicken, I use a little bit. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in, because I could be just trying to do some, you know, some barbecue chicken, or if I'm doing some beer can chicken and I'm smoking it. Or I'm thinking, you know, some pollo asada. That's mm -hmm. going to change that, you know, different from what I want. You know, I'm going to be no, more Mexican flavors in, in the pollo asada, obviously. The beer can chicken, it's just a smorgasbord. I'm just throwing, I'm like, hey, let me try this, let me try that. And sometimes, I mean, I've tried coffee in my rub a couple times. Sometimes there's some chocolate. Sometimes there's cinnamon. Right. I think you, you know? mentioned the the coffee in your brisket rub before. Yeah. Is that, is that the brisket rub that you use it? Sometimes it's brisket. Sometimes I'll throw some in the pork. Just to add a little something in the back of somebody's like, hmm, what's that? Yeah. It's good. And I like that hand, but I don't know what it is. Right. My fried chili powder though, I just go to the, you know, to the um to the Mexican stores. Right, right. And I get their dried chilies and I put it in my coffee grinder. Mm -hmm. And I'll have like four different chilies in my coffee grinder while I'm grinding up. And that's how I get my chili powder. I don't buy my chili powder. Oh, I just see. use a bunch of different chilies and I grind it all up and make my own chili powder. Oh, that's, that's neat. So, so that's another thing that's in the back that somebody's like, what is in there? Cause you know, you got those chilies and you dry it and they got a little bit of sweetness to them. Got some like raisiny flavors and some of the other ones. And some of them are just hot. Mm -hmm. Even habaneros. Habaneros are hot, but they still have that little sweetness or that scotch bonnet. So how about you, Sean? What are, what different types of well, well? Tell us how you 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 know your seasoning style. So so really, my stuff is you know is is a basic thing. I may add a couple different things depending on if I'm cooking poultry, if I'm cooking pork, or if I'm cooking beef. Like I may add a little bit more you know poultry seasoning to my chicken and turkey, where I wouldn't put any of it in you know, on my beef, or I may use cumin. Cumin is one thing that I think I like in, in beef. I like that. I like that little 
twang get kind of puts in in beef. So I'll use cumin a lot in like if I'm cooking like a brisket or or some beef products, whereas pork and maybe chicken, I'll put, you know, maybe some poultry seasoning in there, maybe a little chicken base in there, something to kind of enhance, I think, try to enhance that poultry, that chicken flavor. So I'm not like real, I mean, I like sweet stuff. So I'm, I, you know, I always put a little bit of sugar in there, some brown sugar. I like brown sugar kind of, kind of, you know, that sugar kind of makes the skin a little crispy, kind of burns a little bit. So I kind of like that skin, that texture. But for the most part, you know, I'm just basic. Like like you said, paprika, chili powder, you know, your basic salt, pepper, garlic, onion powder, things like that. Maybe throw in something, some pepper flakes, like Dion said, but not a whole lot. I mean, it just kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in, what my wife wants for that day. <laughs> you know, she may say, you know, I want something a little spicy. And a lot of times we'll find different recipes or rubs and we'll just experiment on them, you know. And if it's good, then we'll keep it and we'll use it again for like maybe the next cookout. If it's not any good, then, you know, we throw it aside. So that's normally, that's usually how we do it. We just kind of experiment and we never sauce our meat. That's one thing I like about, you know, Ken's Hardwood Barbecue is that we don't put any sauce on any of the meat. It's always on the side. So you always get that flavor of the meat and that meat, you know exactly what you're getting. So even at home, I try to do that for the most part. Now, if I get people to come over and ask for like maybe barbecue chicken and they want some sauce on it, they want me to kind of you know, cook some sauce onto it, then I will. But normally it's always on the side. So, yeah. So if you're trying to make your own rub and you want to make your own rub, like I was saying before, you got those basic ingredients with paprika. And this is like a traditional rub. There's a lot of recipes out there on the internet. And as Sean was saying, just go out there grab it and just kind of take it, test it, and then add some of the flavors that maybe you want in it. Or today on the show, I'll say, you know, paprika, add some chili powder, but the base, most of it is going to be paprika. And you add some chili powder. I mean, you might want to add a little garlic, some onion powder, and you're going to need some salt. We typically use kosher salt. So I add a little kosher salt. And uh, if you want it to be sweet, you can add some sugar. You can add brown sugar. You can add white sugar. And then if there's any other flavors, I, I, I've got a friend that, uh, and he was from Texas, and he used to have this rub, but his, his rub had a lot of bite in it. And so he was using cayenne pepper. So he'd throw some cayenne pepper in there. And so, you know, that, that his ribs, you had a little heat to them, whatever you want it to be. And I would just suggest that you open your test kitchen, practice with some rubs. And uh, uh, DJ says all the time is that, you know, make sure you're recording as what you put into these, uh, these recipes. So when you go to make it again, you know what you're doing. I would say that that would be a good start right there is, is to start with those ingredients and just kind of work with them 
and just come up with a rub and uh, to make your own. And that kind of rub would be great on ribs, would be good on brisket and uh, even beef ribs. So that would be a good start. So guys, we're talking about rubs and making rubs. Uh, what would you say is the best time to season the meat? So for me, when I'm doing my ribs, I really don't season the ribs until I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is take out the ribs, trim them up, um, get my binder on there, whatever binder I'm deciding to use that morning. Then I'll put the rub on there and I'll let it sit, you know, let the ribs come to room temperature while I'm getting the, the smoker ready. Then I just throw them on. For brisket, I'll put the brisket on in the, overnight. I'll put it on at night, let it sit in the refrigerator, and I'll take it out and uh, let it come to room temperature before I put it on the smoker. Chicken. Same thing with the ribs. I put it right on before I go. Now, if I'm brining the chicken or I'm brining the turkey, then the turkey and the chicken is sitting in the brine overnight for 24 hours. Sometimes more. You can do a brine longer than that. Mm -hmm. then, then I rinse off the brine. Then I'll put my low salt rub on there because you're brining it with salt. So you don't want to put a whole bunch of extra salt because it's going to be real salty. Yeah. Start drawing the moisture out too. Something yep. like that. If you, and you don't want to do that. Yep. So, DJ, let me ask you a question. When you mm -hmm. put your, your binder on there, does that determine your binder? Will that determine what kind of rub you use on the meat? Like if you use, say, like a, you know, some people use pickle juice as a binder. When you put that on the meat, do you think about, okay, if I use pickle juice or if I put, I'm not going to use this kind of rub because the flavors don't kind of go together. Does it matter or do you, know you just kind of go with it? Go with it. Try it. Try this one time and see how it turns out. If you like that flavor that you got with your rub, with that particular rub, then keep it with that rub. Then if, if you don't like it, then the next time you, you know, use that pickle brine and try a different type of rub. And if it melts together with that, then you keep that. And you, then you know, okay, I'm going for this flavor this time during this barbecue, and I'm going to use this, you know, the, these combinations. But for me personally, I have my base rib, pork rub. I have my base brisket rub and I have my base chicken rub. And and I only use like two different binders, really. And that's a mustard. Then I have my secret one that I don't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah, we have a, <laughs> we have a secret <laughs> binder at uh, at Kansas Harbor Barbecue and that uh, we never include in, uh, in the commercials <laughs> or any videos or anything. But uh, we do have our secret binder at the restaurant. Yeah, so you mentioned the briskets, and that's a really big piece of meat, and we cook the whole brisket. We don't trim it. We don't do any of that. So that's a piece of meat where you can put that rub and that binder on the meat, and you could let it sit in the refrigerator overnight. And, uh, you know, the other thing that you mentioned that, you know, just some people might just kind of miss it, but you said set it out and bring the meat to room temperature. So, and that goes with a lot of meats like steaks and other things is let it come to room te temperature and then you throw it on the grill or the smoker. You know, and yeah, I one, I just, oh, excuse me. I just, one thing that, you know, what about like injecting meat? You know, certain meats like I'll, you know, I'll inject some kind of, you know, solution, solution or something inside of it to kind of, keep it moist and kind of help enhance whatever flavors I'm trying to go for, you know, with my rub. So with the rub, you know, you might want to think about, okay, so this is a spicy rub or a hot rub. 
do I want to inject something in that meat to kind of enhance the rub I have on the outside? DJ, do you think about stuff like that? Do you inject your meat or do you just kind of let it kind of go on its own? When I use my secret rub, uh, um, binder, secret binder, sorry, I inject it also like for the briskets and the pork shoulders. I inject those with my binder. Me too. And when I'm using um, mustard, I don't inject mustard in there. But when I'm using my secret binder, I inject it in the rub with the brisket and the pork shoulder. So, Sean, I know you like to cook turkeys. Right. Uh, so do you inject your turkeys? Absolutely. Absolutely. I inject them. And then, you know, it's just kind of a, you know, it's kind of a family thing that we kind of, we kind of put together. Well, really, my brother put together on what we inject the turkeys with but basically you just want to try to keep that turkey as moist as possible so um we inject you know some seasonings in there we try to uh maybe i may melt some butter or something and kind of put that in whatever i'm injecting into it but my main goal is to try to keep that turkey as moist as possible because it's going to be on that smoker a long time and sometimes in the middle of the cook, I may go out there and inject it again just to make sure that it stays moist. Because like I was saying, uh, like I said before, you know, you may, uh, that turkey may not cook, some parts of that turkey may cook faster than other, than other parts. So you want to inject that turkey, at least I think in my opinion, as, as much as possible to try to keep that meat as as moist as possible as that turkey uh continues to cook on the grill so yeah i'll inject it maybe two three times depending on how big that turkey is oh wow yeah so, that's a good idea i've never thought about that when doing a turkey so dj mentioned a chicken and turkey rub sean what do you have a rub for your turkeys you know, not really. You know, I just try to uh, just to kind of, because it's, you know, that meat, I just try to keep it, try to keep it simple with like salt and pepper and stuff. I really don't add a lot to the turkey because um, usually when we cook those turkeys is for a holiday. So it's not like we cook, you know, we don't, most people don't just hey, I feel like having some turkey this weekend and, <laughs> and smoke a turkey. It's usually during like some type of holiday. So I try to keep it basic. So when people come to the house, you know, they and they want some smoked turkey, it's not like too hot for them or anything like that, too spicy for them. So with my turkeys, I try to keep them basic as, as possible. Okay. So Sean, with the turkeys and you're smoking the turkey, what t what temperature did you say you're smoking it at? So usually we try to start smoke. We smoke it. Well, it's been because we smoke it all night. So I try to keep it at a low heat as much as possible. So normally my chicken and my and my turkeys, I cook it at a uh, low heat for a longer amount of time. So. We may get that grill maybe at like 200 degrees, just depending on how many turkeys I'm trying to do and how long, how much time I have to cook them. Because I just like, I just learned that when you cook chicken 
and and turkey or poultry like that, the the low heat and the longer you cook it, it just makes that that turkey more moist and juicy and the skin is a little bit more crispy. Whereas if you cook it at a little higher temperature, I mean, that's just uh, that's just the way that we've done it. But, mm-hmm. you know, really, we just try to cook it low and slow. And, you know, like I was saying, back in the days, we didn't really, you know, we got the, the smoker hot and going. And, you know, we kind of looked at it and felt it and was like, okay, that smoker's a little bit too hot. Let's wait a little bit. We don't want it to be too hot. So it was all by, you know, my uncle did it all by feel and knowledge. There was no thermometer on that on that <laughs> smoker because, you yeah. know, it was an old barrel smoker. Mm-hmm. No th- we didn't know how hot that smoker was. He mm-hmm. opened it up and say, hey, it's too hot. We're going to wait a little bit. So that's like back in the days on yeah. how he did it. Yeah, it's old school. Old man. school right yeah. there. But now, you know, the one I've done, a couple times I've done it, I've had it at about 200, and I just cook it for – for a while. Like when we cook turkeys at the restaurant, Ken, what do we have that smoker at? About about two, two, two fifteen? Was a little bit hotter than that. You recall? Yeah, we, we do anywhere from two fifteen to two twenty five. To two twenty five, yeah. Right. So but we had a lot of turkeys when we deal when we smoked them at the restaurant. Whereas, you know, I was just doing a handful of them. So two hundred degrees was good and we just left it on all night, man. So we just kinda played it by ear and even back then we didn't have you know back then we didn't have no digital thermometers whereas we was relying on that thermometer in the turkey to pop out and that's how we <laughs> knew it was ready now i know better but you know that's just how they did it back in the day so that's how i learned how to do it looking at it looking at the joints between the wing and the and the breast of the of the turkey or the leg that little space right there is to see if that was done if that little joint was done then i knew that that turkey was pretty much done because that thing that's like one of the last things to to get cooked on a turkey you know what i'm saying yeah that joint between the thigh and the leg thigh and the leg thank you yep Mm. do you limit to how big your turkey is when you're smoking it for that long yeah so we would only do like 12 pounds 14 the most but yeah we because you're not gonna trying to smoke that turkey if you get it too big you're not gonna get it all you know there's gonna be parts of that turkey that's not gonna be um completely cooked when there's other parts that's done and you don't want to overcook any any of that so normally Mm -hmm. we try to keep it between like 10 12 14 would be the biggest that we okay. would use. I think that's that's also a um a temperature issue too with poultry is because if you have let's say you have an eighteen to twenty pound turkey, it's not gonna be it's it's take it's gonna take too long to get up the temp. Yeah, you're not gonna get it to that you know one sixty five mark or whatever. Yeah, it's not gonna get that. It's not gonna get there. Yeah. And that's that's when you get to that spoilage time consuming area where it's not up to temperature in enough time. And it starts to spoil instead of actually cooking in time. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah. So right now at the at the restaurant, we use fourteen pound turkeys. That's what we smoke for the holidays, for uh, 
Thanksgiving and Christmas. And those seem to work out really well. The, that size Turkey. And, uh, we, um, like I said, we use 14 pound turkeys and they turn out pretty darn good. <laughs> they do. They do. All right, guys. Uh, so we've been talking about rubs. Uh, do you have any tips for the listening audience regarding rubs? Um, I would say if you're rubbing your meat and you're letting it sit overnight, omit the salt when you're letting it sit overnight because that salt's going to be pulling out moisture and you don't want to dry it out. So put your rub without the salt on and let it, let it sit overnight. Then right before you put about to put it on the grill, that's when you add your salt to make sure you still have the moisture. That's just my opinion. Other people do it differently, but salt does pull out moisture unless it's in a brine. Yeah, the only thing I would say about rub is just whatever taste you you like, you enjoy, uh, put that in your rub. Like we talked about the basics that you need to have in rub. Um, besides those basics, I would say if you like a certain spice, try it out. And there's no set rule that says that you can only use a certain spice for a certain type of meat. It's your it's your barbecue. It's your meat. You do what you like. So if you like brown sugar, if you like it sweet or if you like it tangy or hot, it doesn't matter if you're cooking pork or chicken or beef. You do what you what you enjoy and try it out. If it doesn't work out, well, you may be out ten or fifteen dollars depending on the size <laughs> of meat you bought. Yeah. And you know, next time you know better. And like DJ was saying, make sure that you test that stuff out before you invite me over to your house to eat. Because <laughs> I don't want to talk bad about you. Be like, hey, so. You know, make sure you try it out. But, yeah, there's no set rule, at least in my opinion, there's no set rule on what spice you have to use for what what a particular type of meat. You do what you like and just go from there. Fantastic. Those are, those are great tips, guys. Well, Sean, I really appreciate having you on the show today. It's been certainly a pleasure. I think you've given us some great tips uh, to the listening audience. and. Uh, Thank you. We have a great uh, represented yourself well as a pit we master. East Texas. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, Sean. Really appreciate talking to you. It's been a while since I've seen you, so glad you came out. Uh, no problem. Appreciate you guys having me on. Office and, of course, barbecue. And then we have Dwayne Hall from Dee's Island Grill. He's going to be talking to us about Jamaica Mon. He's going to be sharing with us those Jamaican flavors and what is Jamaican barbecue. We really appreciate you joining us today on KVOI 1030 The Voice. Get your barbecue on with Ken. Thank you and take care. Don't worry.